does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Previously on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. All right, broadcasting live from the DriveHubler.com studios. You know what it is. It's KB and Andy. Thanks for waking up with us. It's the Wake Up Call here on the fan. We got you for the next three hours. And you heard the sadness in Maytay's voice as Kareem Hunt crosses the finish line, crosses the end zone. Uh, What an absolute day on Sunday in Lucas Oil. A game we had pegged. What did you have, KB? 19. 1913. I think I had 1916. I called it the puberty bowl for a bit there. It looked like the Medicare bowl. First one to reach Medicare I was wondering what you were going to say. The retirement bowl almost at one point. A game that uh, boy, I tell you, we did not have pegged was going to be the offensive output. The Colts offensively able to do some things. Turnovers, officiating, bad luck, Miles Garrett, throw it all into a pot and you get a uh, a close, heartbreaking loss. Good morning to you. Good morning to Mark who is back from D.C. and then Florida. Oh, hello. It it sounds like he was just in a car driving pretty much for the entire past seven days Uh, or so. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Hey, Mark. Oh, good goodness. to be back. Good How to you see doing? you, Mark. Great work there, you, as always. You turned, on on the, our, turned on the TV and saw Miles Garrett ruining everything. On our Monday intro, uh, although he's probably happy. Well, I, I don't know if he's happy about the Bears winning or not, but nonetheless, yeah, maybe they found their quarterback yeah, in a D2 fully tatted yeah. chess man there. <laughs> Caleb Williams, who? <laughs> Under center. Uh, yesterday was one of the wildest Colts games I've ever seen. Um, some of the stats seem to back it up. I saw that uh, first time in four years in the NFL you've had a game uh, with Eight lead changes. Eight lead changes yesterday. You had three touchdowns of over 50 yards. You had three field goals over 50 yards. A fourth from 60 was blocked. Miles Garrett, one of the greatest individual plays you'll ever see. And really, uh, him specifically, Andy, I thought one of the finest performances I've ever seen against the Colts in the dozen years I've covered the team. And and what a wild gut-wrenching week for Colts fans. Like, that's what I kept on coming back to, trying to decompress from yesterday and last night. You know, a week ago, you lose in Jacksonville again, and it's such a shot to your divisional hopes. And then as the week plays out, Anthony Richardson's season is officially over. And then you lose Grover Stewart (laughs) for a month and a half. And in between that, you know, you see Jacksonville win on Thursday night. So there's another kind of nail in that divisional coffin. And then yesterday, and we touched on it Friday of – what a monumental game for wild card hopes and try of these next four, which are all winnable. This is the one you need the most. And what a crazy, crazy game. The back and forth nature to it. One of the finest offensive performances you'll ever see from the Colts, considering the opponent. And obviously a, a really poor whistle late in that game that we will touch on as well. I, I just a hell of a week. A hell of a week with so much kicking the you-know-what for Colts fans. Uh, and boy, I, I, I'm shaking my head at what we watched yesterday because it was so just unscripted, Hollywood-like. It was unexpected. 
It's not yeah, the, it's unexpected not, is it's probably not, the best way to put outside it. Outside of Miles Garrett being a star, there's not too many things. And Jonathan Taylor getting more run and starting to look like the JT that everyone around here is used to. So many things that happened in that game were not supposed to happen in a game that was the Puberty Bowl, that was 16-13, that was 19-16, that was going to be a game where the over-under was what, KB? We we walked out of here Friday. It was 39 and a half. Was it not? Wasn't that the over-under? When, I mean, it doesn't matter if it was 40, 40 and a half. Yeah, I mean, o- you guys understand. It was 39 the, and a half when we walked out of here. The overhead just over the two-minute warning of the first half it's yesterday just, in that game. And, you know, if you want to look at Shane Steichen, Andy, again, uh, well, one of his we have to. finest offensive hours. I know. And I think we'll look back on this performance years down the road and say that was you leave the Colts through for her had 450 yards and 38 points against that Browns historic defense. And then I thought one of the worst game management situations you'll ever see from a head coach to end the first half. If that was the end of the game, people would be absolutely roasting Shane Steichen for how that first half played out there. Just absolutely terrible by him from a game management standpoint. We'll get to that. And certainly the two calls late. And we probably should just go right there, Andy, because uh, that's how. The game uh, theoretically ended more or less. Obviously, the fourth and goal from Kareem Hunt was the game clincher there. But if I want to boil it down to those two calls, the illegal contact from Daryl Baker Jr. on the third and four, which took away the EJ Speed um, strip that would have ended the game. And then on the very next play, he gets called for defensive pass interference. Um, If you want my simple answer, I think the illegal contact was probably the right call. I think the defensive pass interference was certainly the wrong call call. To me, that is beyond uncatchable. Uh, The officiating crew should come together and pick up that flag. So that becomes second and goal from whatever it was, the nine-yard line, I want to say, instead of the first and goal from the one-yard line. I did think Amari Cooper's double move on the third and four got Daryl Baker out of position, and that forced the impediment slash he kind of grabs and wraps Cooper as Cooper breaks to the outside. To me, I thought that was the correct call. I did not think the pass interference at all on the very next play was the right call. I, I love to be opposite than you, but I'm not. I, I Listen, I understood. Here's the way I would put it. The first call, I understood. Was it weak? Was it ticky-tacky? Sure. Was it probably, and this is what the broadcast was saying, Archuleta and those guys, was it probably the right call? Yes, it was. Was it weak as hell? Yes. We can all say that. It was absolutely weak. Um, I think the way that the two kind of came together and you saw Baker's arms go out and then you kind of saw a little bit of a uh, of a head nod flail from Amari Cooper. You know, a ref who may not be seeing that is clearly as the 19,000 replays that every Colts fan has seen probably sees that. And what do they do with muscle memory, KB? They throw the flag, right? And so I, that's why the first one I did not like but I was able to be understanding to what was going on there. The second one was a complete bad call. It was a complete blown call. That's just what it was. Does it ultimately end the game? Does it not end the game? There's another play. They still have chances. Yes, we can go down that road, but the ball was thrown not to be catchable. It was a throwaway out the back of the damn end zone. It was a bad call. It almost hit Blue. It was Um, (laughs) was, outside the end zone. Blue, come on, man. And, And I've gone back and watched that play You know, probably a dozen times now, Andy. There wasn't even as much it was probably more arm holding than anything from Daryl Baker Jr. on Donovan Peoples-Jones. Right. It's not like he had a two hands full oh. of jersey there on that play. But again, that is where 
I think as an officiating crew, if you are that official in that area, you probably aren't cognizant of where the ball is being thrown. You're very much locked into Peoples-Jones and Baker Jr. on that play. Well, that is where the head official or whoever else is not necessarily near that play, when the ball is thrown, come together as an officiating crew and realize, guys, that almost hit four security guards. That almost hit the the tunnel area. <laughs> pick up this flag. We, you, I mean, hell, didn't they pick up a couple flags at different points there late in that fourth quarter? And I, I, I kind of then get away from that sequence, Andy, and think to myself, both things can be true. The Colts got a very poor whistle late in that game. Honestly, in a way, I felt like it was the opposite of the Baltimore game. Remember the Baltimore Mm -hmm. game? They got a pretty favorable whistle with no EJ speed penalty on Zay Flowers, no face mask penalty on Quiddy Pay there late. And they also shouldn't allow Phillip Walker and the Browns to go Mm. six plays and 65 yards to get into the red zone to where those calls become a huge, huge deal. I mean, I don't know who was worse, Watson or Walker yesterday. And in the game's most critical moment, with the chance to slam the door shut, before you got into put that the game in the hands of the officials, if you want to label it that, you let a third-string quarterback that woke up Sunday morning, didn't take any reps Thursday, Friday, woke up Sunday morning down as a starter, wasn't even on the Browns team at the start of this month, and he drove six plays and 65 yards, whatever it was, to get to that 13-yard line where the penalty yeah, started tw- to happen. It was a 12-play drive. Ultimately, it's a 12-play, 80-yard drive. Yeah, for, for me, you know, you mentioned it. And listen, we have a lot of things we'll get to today. 239-1070, if you want to jump in, it's going to be a full reaction Monday here on The Fan. I Just for me, the entire craziness of the game, KB, combined with the high scoring, combined with it being a close game, doesn't mean we, we need to forget uh, and make murky, I guess, some of the mistakes that this team had. Does that make sense? Given that it was a close game at the end, it's easy, and I understand, to focus on the officiating, which was absolute BS at the end of the game. But let's not forget what you just mentioned. It was at the very top of my list. Let's not forget that P.J. Walker had to go 80 yards on you, right? Like, let's not forget that that is something 12 plays, 80 yards, in a little over two minutes to go win the game. I, I, I just... <laughs> I mean, that's a tough one to swallow. And then, you know, Miles Garrett just being an absolute man-child uh, in that first half wrecked everything, and it changed everything. And then for me, you mentioned it. I know people want to focus on officiating. At the end of that half, uh, I mean, the Colts should have what led 21-17 going into the locker room there. Um, and, instead, it's 27. Was it 27-21? Is that what it is? Uh, going into what was it going into halftime? Yeah, 27-21. 20, 20, 27-21. Yeah, Hopkins kicked that 54-yarder. I, I mean, it, it just the free 10 points there. Yeah. The third down where the Browns no longer have timeouts and they're licking their chops, and you can see they're sending the house, and you send Gardner Minshew to throw to not even run clock there. And what is killer about the turn, and we got to get to the turnovers. Minshew is not who, I mean, listen, you have said, look at the back of the baseball card for a guy like Gardner Minshew. And the last two outings, he, he, 
period, stop, has not been that. He has not been that, and it's affected this team. And I know Garrett is an absolute man-child, and I know Steichen put him in some spots that are not the best, but the reality is that he's turned the ball over seven times. And what did you put in your article, 37 points? Yeah, I think so. I think something Mm -hmm. like that over those seven turnovers the last two games. And after the game, Steichen, exactly the numbers I gave you on Friday. When they turn the ball over, they lose. When they don't turn the ball over, the Colts win. And you turn the ball over, and you know what it did? It set up drives where 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 uh, Cleveland had to do nothing, where they had to run three or four plays, KB, and then kick a 50-yard field goal. Like, you gave them free points, uh, and uh, that that's a tough one. I mean, there were – you shot yourself in the foot. Miles Garrett was fantastic. Some questionable coaching and then some terrible officiating and your defense allowing P.J. Walker go 80 yards in two minutes to win the game. Uh, it was all a kick in the you-know-what from the AR stuff, from the Jacksonville loss, from the Grover Stewart. I thought, hey, this, is, this has been a bad week. The Colts are going to get a nice little cherry on top to this turd Sunday that they've kind of had to endure the last week, and it ultimately didn't happen. Uh, and the Browns are lucky. Listen, last thing for me, the Browns are lucky that they're winning games in the defense and Garrett and Miles uh, or uh, Jim Schwartz and everything else. Because, I mean, what the money they have put into that quarterback position, Deshaun Watson stinks. That guy's done. <laughs> that guy is finished. And, you know, if I'm That them, was a bummer for the PJ Colts Walker, went out of the game. I, I totally agree. I mean, did you see the first pass he had was three yards, three yards and at the f- at the feet of a wide receiver. Uh, that guy's a shell of the player that he used to be. And P.J. Walker is thrown for 200 yards and a pick and can lead a team to a touchdown. Just a heartbreaker on Sunday. Just It's one of those where it's like, damn, can't we have anything nice? That's how that one felt on Sunday. Yeah, it was just such a wild, wild game. And, and like I said, to go through the week that the Colts you know, fan base had to go through, just absolutely excruciating. A loss like that and such a demoralizing one when you think about you know, wild card standings, AFC standings, you know, playoff potential, you know, things like that. This is the one that mattered more than New Orleans coming up on Sunday or at Carolina a week from Sunday, those sorts of games. So tons and tons to get into as Andy laid out there. Certainly we'll talk more about the officiating with those final two calls. Uh, we'll look at Shane Steichen. He wears two pretty big hats on game day. One would be the play caller. One would be the game manager. I thought one outstanding. The other one absolutely awful. Uh, Miles Garrett certainly with one of the greatest games you're going to see inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, Inability to close. Should the defense have some blame on them for that final drive before it got into some of the officiating questionable calls there late? We'll touch on all of it and we'll do it here on this Monday morning. Thank you for tuning in. It is the Wake Up Call. Mark Dykton is back. I am Kevin Bowen. He is Andy Sweeney. This is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5107.5 The Fan. All right, 8 o'clock hour, hanging out with you. DriveHuber.com studios. We'll get to some calls here momentarily, 239-1070. Now, we need to decide as a show. We're not going to take a call for a minute because we believe donuts have been left for us. Yeah, donuts uh, is greater than correct? callers. We will get to some callers. <laughs> is but that correct? Yeah, shout out to Aaron Thank you. on that. Because donuts in our bellies, greater than taking your call. At least for right now, right? That's an okay thing to say. Well, to we just admit on the air. We all need donuts <laughs> after what we just witnessed yesterday. Absolutely excruciating Ugh. on so, so many levels. Uh, and something we have not touched on just yet, Andy, but you really hope the injury to Juju Brents is not too long for many reasons. Obviously, you you'd want no one to get hurt. You certainly don't want you know one of your second-round picks who I thought had some 
pretty good moments here early in his NFL career. And obviously, you felt the domino effect of on that final drive. I, to me, it was pretty clear that Cleveland decided, guys, we can't do anything. Let's just throw it Daryl Baker Jr. And if you go back to the third and 10 that started the drive, that was over to Baker's side. I thought that was decent zone coverage. I thought the safety help should have been better in that situation. But um, I think what you're going to start to see from teams if Juju Brents is out is, you know, let's pepper Daryl Baker Jr. He got benched for a reason, guys. Let's go after him and kind of prove that he can hold up for, you know, whatever, 60, 70 snaps. And right now your cornerback depth is being tested and you're feeling the inexperience of that group. So uh, we talked about injuries. We've talked about officiating. We talked about Steichen, the good, the bad, Minshew, the turnovers, no doubt the bad. Uh, all the 400-plus yards, though, against that Browns defense. Can I just throw one other positive? We were talking about this during the break. It's worth throwing out there. Even though that it's been a gut-wrenching week-plus now, seven, eight days for Colts fans, I thought you saw, started to see the shiftiness, and I thought you started to see a comfortable Jonathan Taylor on, oh, uh, on Sunday. He, yeah. he was in there for 45 of the 70 snaps. Moss was in there for 35, so you kind of see what that balance has been over the last couple weeks and how it grew a little bit uh, against Cleveland. Taylor getting more run, and Taylor officially got the start, right? I mean, so that's a big deal as well. 21 touches for Taylor, 19 for Moss. Uh, I thought it was a good compliment. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Back and forth, KB. There was never a time where they ran Moss and I was like, damn, if they would have had JT in there, it, it would have been a, a, you know, he would have went to the house. It would have been more yardage uh, on, on the flip side. You know, I thought JT, he had a couple plays. I even think of, you know, I just think of there, there was a play early in the game where he got four yards, and I'm like, a normal running back gets a yard there. And there's like two, three yards there that are hidden yards. Uh, and I thought he was much shiftier. Uh, obviously, he got into the end zone. I thought it was a good balance. And I listen, I think you're going to start seeing this nothing against Moss. I just think you're going to start seeing more of, uh, more of Jonathan Taylor. And I don't think that's crazy to say. Uh, they brought him along slowly, but I thought, I thought the training wheels were for the most part against Cleveland on Sunday. Yeah, I really thought he looked like his old self um, and impacting in the pass and the run game, which is you know what you want to see from him. He can certainly be a weapon when he's split out. Um, you know, he, he caught kind of like a slant play. He caught a little wheel route as well. Took a big hit on that wheel route. Made a nice catch early in the game. That was a good throw by Gardner Minshew. Boy, that's a big hit. You um, know that hit's coming, too. I know. Yeah. yeah. You're Jonathan Taylor. You know was you've only safety, played, you know, two games you, in about a year. You know you're about ready to get popped. Yeah. That was a great play by Taylor. So, yeah, I, I thought, you know, and you want to talk about encouraging signs now moving forward. Again, you're not going to face a defense like this. You just put up a terrific offensive day. And Jonathan Taylor, to me, is starting to get back to what he looks like in his prime. So I think that, to me, is an unquestionably encouraging sign. Um, I also want to give a hat tip to Kenny Moore. Um, I thought Moore had a really, really playmaking type of day. And boy, do you need him so badly right now with the youth in the secondary. Um, you know, A couple of big blitzing sacks from Kenny Moore. Once again, he blows up a screen. I don't know why teams continue to throw 
towards his side on plays like that. He plays so much bigger than 5'9", and whatever he is listed at, 185, 190 pounds on that end. I did feel, I know the stats might not indicate it at the end of the game, Andy, but I did think it was fitting in a way. You look at the 69-yard touchdown by Jerome Ford on the third play of the mm-hmm. game, and you look at the fourth and goal from the one-yard line to end the game. Yeah. No Grover Stewart. Yeah. And, and, especially and the third and two. Especially that one If you one watch for me. the third and two, go back and look at that play. What does Cleveland do? They take their two guards and they put them both on the defensive tackles, DeForest Buckner and Taven Bryan. You know, Buckner is not as much of a run guy as Stewart is. Buckner's a little bit more of a pass rush guy than he is. So you seal off Buckner with one guard, you seal off Taven Bryan, who is absolutely invisible, with the other guard. And we talked about the trickle-down effect with not having Stewart. Does it mean that DeForest Buckner goes from great to good? Does it mean that Zaire Franklin now gets covered up a few times and go back and watch the play. The center for Cleveland is able to get to the second the, level. The donuts are here, by the way. Oh, thank you. Oh. What do we got here? Well, Jack's Donuts, let's go. Let's Thanks. see. Shout out to Aaron. Oh, our thank listener. you, Aaron. Absolutely outstanding. You're far too nice. There. Look at those. Good. <laughs> Absolutely glorious. Looks like calories right there. That's what it looks like. A little, uh, little afternoon run for KB after this. No one. better way to start a Monday than, than that. Um, if you watch that play, the center gets to Franklin. And so now all of a sudden you've got your defensive tackles that are engaged. You've got Franklin who's engaged. And Andy, Jerome Ford would have scored if it was two-hand touch. I mean, that was 69 yards untouched right up the middle. And then obviously at the end when Cleveland loads it up with all their big dudes in the game on that fourth. They were just waiting to get to fourth and goal. <laughs> well, they're like, we're not going to lose a P.J. Walker throwing some crap pass. <laughs> well, and I understood Basically. what Kevin Stefanski was doing right. there. He knows if you run it on second or third down and you don't get in, that pile's going to be too much to unscramble sure. to run another That's It's what play. happened to the Giants a couple weeks ago. It's a Brian, it's a Brian Dable effect. You know that full well. <laughs> yeah, did they? I, I saw some people kind of gruff. Uh, I, I, I think Greg Doyle even wrote about this in the star like the thought that he didn't get into the end zone there I, I thought Kareem Hunt got into the end zone I, I oh, thought really? it was, I thought it was I, yeah I thought it was relatively clear yeah I thought yeah. it was clear I, I didn't think was it close yes but I mean the tip of the ball is on the white line pretty immediately and his knee wasn't down so I mean Kareem Hunt I don't to me that's not a storyline I know the Colts had had him in for some workouts and he got a couple short yardage touchdowns I mean he wasn't great yeah. in the game I, to Ten me it's not yeah, yards yeah, or yeah to me it's not something that resonates but you know kind of while <laughs> the Colts fans have been crapped on it is a guy you had at least you know in the building he gets a couple touchdowns and Kareem Hunt hasn't done anything and what Ford got injured in that game if I'm not mistaken was yeah, the third he had quarter. To leave. yeah he yeah. had to leave there in the second half um, one more thing to add on Grover Stewart if you look at Eric Johnson and Taven Bryan who was re- replacing Stewart again Taven Bryan played 19 snaps Andy did not record a single statistic in the game uh, Eric Johnson played 31 snaps and he had a half tackle and Johnson also got hurt late in that game. So the replacements are Grover Stewart. Uh, Little to no production, and then the one guy that played a little bit more and the one guy that did have a half tackle, he got hurt. And he's your second round pick, or he's your uh, fifth round pick in his second year, you know, from two drafts ago. So that's one that you were thinking, okay, maybe this is the guy that kind of like Grover. He's from a small school. He's a day three pick. It's going to take him a couple years to truly show out. That is the other injury that occurred yesterday. Uh, Issues for you, because I just got this question here from uh, 
Daniel. Uh, yes, the officiating was awful at the end, but when the Colts went prevent D on that last drive, the D line didn't come close to getting home. It's been that way for a couple of years. Uh, your thoughts on the final drive defense from the Colts? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't feel like it was... I don't know. I guess I didn't feel like... By the way, which one you going with? Which donut you going with? I'm assessing them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, make a pick. I want to get over there. Are those cookies and cream? Is that what that is? That's what I'm having. You want one of those? You're going there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that looks pretty good. You guys look like you're about to lady and tramp one of the donuts. I didn't. uh, (laughs) I didn't. Outstanding. I don't know if that's a musty reference. That's where they have a spaghetti in uh, each end of each other's mouths and they meet in the middle. Uh That's what Mark's talking about. Uh Yes. I I guess I didn't feel that way. I think every fan base may feel that way. I just think it was probably a little bend, but don't break. It was also just for me really disappointing that that's that's not been the the mo for the Browns had been create havoc and get freebie points, whether it be the strip sack for Garrett, whether it be the touchdown. You think of the long play, obviously, with Ford, the first possession of the game. That's not it, but it's been big play, or it had been have the Colts mess up, have our defense do something, and then we get some freebie points after it. To me, I guess I didn't feel that way. Maybe I need to go back and watch it again. I think that was just overshadowed with the officiating and getting down to the very last play of the game. Regardless, you let a team go 80 yards to win the game. Well, I it, mean, that's just all it is. And I remember, you know, when they took over, they they took over at their own 20 with about two. Um, what is it here? 2:35 to go. I said to Mike Chapel, I'm like, there is no way Philip Walker is going to do this, right? I mean, what did he say? He was like, I, I would agree. I mean, like, Philip Walker and Deshaun Watson, it's an argument who looked worse yesterday. I, I think ultimately Watson leaving was probably the best thing for the Browns, and I think Kevin Stefanski, if you gave him some truth serum, he would say that, and probably a big reason why they decided to keep him out. Um, but on that drive, before you get into any sort of officiating question, the, the first officiating question occurred at the Indy 13-yard line, Okay. So if, I, if my math is correct on this, they drove 67 yards, Andy, before you get into any sort of officiating questions. The big plays, of course, Walker hits Elijah Moore on that 30-yarder down the sideline. And then, Andy, there's 219 to go right after that 30-yarder. This is the new trend that you see in these two-minute situations. In the two-minute situations now, you see these teams that the play right before the two-minute warning, they always run it. These teams know the clock's going to stop. Mm-hmm. So they say, let's catch you off guard with the run. Well, Pierre Strong, their third-string running back, I know he, he goes for 13, 13 yards, yards yep. right after the Elijah Moore. So now they give the two-minute warning. The clock stops. They're at your 37. Two plays later, Donovan Peoples-Jones is wide the you-know-what open over the middle of the field. I thought a defender had, I thought the Colts had 10 guys. I thought Lou Holtz was playing defense for the Colts there. I thought they had 10 guys on the field wide open. So those three plays, you know, you'd like to think you could have at least got them into more third downs before that, maybe even a fourth down, allowing P.J. Walker to go 67 yards on you before this is the defense that you want them to slam the door shut. And we're, we're, we are spoiled here. You know, Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney did that so, so often. But slamming the door shut. You know, what does Cleveland do when the Colts have the desperation chance there at the end? They slam the door shut. 
that's what you want to see more from the Colts. They didn't do it last year in losses to the Eagles with Jalen Hurts, the Commanders and Taylor Heineke. And yesterday, P.J. Walker did it to him. What a back-to-back. The, the Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, Taylor Heineke, weeks, right? uh, and the Last Commanders. Year. All right, I want to go to the phone lines, 239-1070. Last thing before we do that. Um, you, you mentioned Deshaun Watson. I would imagine Sports Talk Radio in Cleveland would be crucifying this guy had P.J. Walker you know, come in the game and been an abject failure, right? If they would have lost that game. Their athletic writer, Jason Lloyd, wrote they need to go get Jacoby Brissett. In all seriousness. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously Watson looks a little banged up, slash doesn't look good, however you want to... to, Which roster is he on? To describe it. So the Commanders, okay, uh, trade deadline a week from Tuesday. This was a serious article. No. And I I guess I understand him. You know, obviously Brissett had been there, but he was like, you need an option. Their quarterback play is so bad right now, they need to go get... Yeah, like, to me, the Browns, they're not a real team just because you know, even if they make the postseason, they're not going to do anything because of that quarterback situation. But, you know, they leave the game and, you know, the TV broadcast was like, yeah, Stefanski's not putting him in because even though he's being cleared, right, the independent neurologist or whatever, even though he's being cleared, you know, he took a big hit and we're going to protect our quarterback. I mean, remember when Jay Cutler didn't play with a torn ACL in a playoff game? Yeah, remember how usually football fans and, you know, fans of the Browns would react to that? And then, yeah, I was watching TV, um, you know, right before we came on here. And they're like, did he injure his shoulder? And Stefanski's like, yeah, we don't know if he injured his shoulder again. <laughs> so He was like, cleared. If a $200 million man just sitting over there. What I heard and what I saw from the Browns was Deshaun Watson was yeah. cleared medically. He wasn't cleared from bad play. Yeah. And that's why they I, listen. Ended I, up. I, I think you're right. He must have. The only reason I thought he had a concussion is he had a big coat on. Did you see that over on the sideline? Like I know it was freezing. Was I, it really I, freezing in there? I know I'm soft, but it was free. <laughs> I mean, I went down there to do my TV hit before the game, and it was legitimately really cold. okay. Especially I was, in your thinking, what are we doing parts. here? Okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I guess the fans are pumping beers and everything, right? High five. We had we had Josh Downs on the other week, and remember, didn't he say Sam Elmer had the hand warmers? Yeah, he had the hand warmers. Yeah, that's exactly line. it. Uh, Derek has yeah. been hanging in there for quite a while. Derek, good Monday morning to you. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Outstanding. How are you, ma'am? Uh, I'm hanging in there. Um, just just a couple of quick things that I noticed from yesterday. I, I mean, I have a, an F to play meter, and Miles Garrett got 100 plus on the F to play meter. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people are talking about the refs messing to everything. Uh, I don't agree with that. I mean, I think we lost that game. Uh, well before that. I'm not blaming it on the refs, even though they made a lot of bad calls. But that, that pass interference, yeah, it was over his head. I think I think uh, Baker Jr. did hold him. He held him, like, right at the logo, the NFL logo. But why don't they so call pass interference? So they called pass interference. To me, if they would have called holding, Derek, that would have made more sense. But yeah, I, yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, it should not have been a pass. It should not have been pass interference. It should have been a hold, if anything. Right, right. And, and again, to me, I just thought it was... It's just so weak, man. Uncatchable. It's just so weak to begin and, with. And one other thing, I was sitting... Um, uh, there were a lot of Bears, I mean, Browns fans around me. When Watson went out, I think they were kind of relieved that he went out. Oh, for and sure. And I was like, put him back in there so he can throw us more <laughs> interceptions. 1,000%. I, I mean, Derek, as always, man, thank you. This is the contract that ruined the NFL. That, that ruined everything for, for owners was this crappy contract that they gave this mediocre quarterback. You know, I, I think we let off the show Friday. And it, I don't know, Andy, maybe you and I hadn't really talked about this topic before the show started. So 
I, I, I felt like I, I kind of caught you off guard with the question, but I said to you, if you're the Colts, would you rather face Deshaun Watson or P.J. Walker? Because I'm listening to Deshaun Watson talk last week, and he's saying, yeah, you know, concerns. First off, he has a tear in his rotator cuff. Second, it's like, yeah, I've got some concerns on just velocity outside the number throws. I'm like, if you're Gus Bradley, you got to be foaming at the mouth he about sure liked this guy. It. And he wasn't lying either. Oh, he was, if you saw him, he was telling the truth. He had no velocity whatsoever. It was a miracle he was even one of five in those first couple of series of work there. <laughs> we have not had a chance to get to this. I, well, I'll let you give your opinion on it first. Um, got a tweet here. What were your thoughts on going for the 60-yard field goal yesterday it's to to me once you got the penalty there it was a matter it was towards the open roof or uh, was was the window open or just the roof i thought it was just Just the the roof roof. because i when the windows open isn't that's a huge deal like that's a celebration towards the window there (laughs) but that becomes that becomes one of the big game day stories if the vaunted window is going to be open at lucas oil my biggest problem with that was, you know, once you got, what was it? Once you had, oh, I'm trying to think here. Once you had the holding call, it was a holding call, right? Once you had the holding call, to yeah, me. Will Fries maybe, or Ryman. Yeah, the yeah two. to me, you're back at the 36-yard line. So it's a 53-yard field goal. And I guess like 53, 54, 55, don't you feel like that's kind of the max there that you feel good about? Anything over 53-ish, I start to get a little queasy. I'm watching Dustin Hopkins I know, bang a man. And, and, and listen, Matt Gay certainly and, and Matt the Gay's, Yeah, I, Matt Gay's very good. I guess my thing was they were just – this is second-guessing. It's Monday morning quarterback. Was the play call there? Why don't you turn around? Why don't you hand it to Jonathan Taylor or Zach Moss? And instead of the 36-yard line, now it's the 32-yard line, and it's a 49-yard field goal. Now, the flip side of that would be if it's a 49-yard field goal, if it's a 19-yard field goal, if it's a 79-yard field goal, Miles Garrett can still – ruin that. I think that would be the flip side to it. But And how about Bubba I, I, Ventrone saving that for the Colts? Boy, uh, how about that? Garrett I, I, said that was a play that <laughs> they, they don't have in every week, and Bubba Ventrone said to him this week, I think this is the time. What, that, the one where Garrett we, just... That, hops over everybody Miles on Garrett the line. Just does something that no NFL player can do. Yeah, I mean, listen, he was great in that first half. and, and I that, thought he was going to catch Matt Gay's field goal. It would have been maybe one of the greatest plays in NFL history. <sighs> Like the uh, the immaculate reception or something like that. I did not have that big of an issue with the sixty yard okay. attempt. I I go a little bit more to the end of half, and you know I touched on it earlier about how I thought that was Shane Steichen uh, taking way too much risk in those situations and really gifting Cleveland. However you want to look at it, you, you could say three points. I I could make an argument no, ten. It's, it's ten. Um, it's ten, and, and, and that was an absolute uh, just. Major, major miscue. Let's get to Ken. Ken's been hanging in there as well. Ken, good Monday morning to you. Hey, man. How are you guys doing? We're good, Ken. How are you? Good. Hey, uh, I just wanted to say, and I hate saying this because I feel like it's loser talk, but with the caveat of... of, Uh Uh-oh. Are you going entertaining loss? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I feel like if Anthony Richardson was in there and we saw that performance yesterday from a copy-paste Anthony Richardson, that would be the perfect game for this season to sustain success for this program. I mean, you go from an offense that was miserable to watch last year to an offense that put up 450 yards with four turnovers. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. And then you go from, like, possibly fifth in the AFC to 11th. It's just time to start looking at that. 
Ken, it is hard oh. to argue with a lot of that. They're too I, good of a team, KB, I, to I, just say ditch the season. Right? Right, but I I think at the end of the year, this is something that on the Monday reactionary show to what just happened, I bet 10% ten percent of our audience wants to hear what Ken just said right there. Oh, like, I bet it's higher than that. Oh, uh, no, I would say less people want to hear about that was an entertaining loss. They're so pissed. Oh, I thought you were talking that, about the end of the season, the draft, and all that no, stuff. No, no, oh, no, yeah, no, people, no, no. people don't want to hear an entertaining like, loss. No. But again, I, I think Ken's overall thought is not that far-fetched. And it's probably easier for me to say when I'm so numb to it that it, it's hard for me to kind of, obviously, as like a Notre Dame fan, uh, I would laugh at a call like Ken. But... He is kind of right. I mean, that was the entertaining loss. It's just no one wants to hear it in a week where Grover Stewart's out for six weeks and Anthony Richardson's season's over and you just lost to your uh, divisional rival, uh, I guess if you even want to call it a rivalry, the week prior. I, I mean, I guess the thing would be, has the objective changed? And I think to some people, with the quick start, it did. The win in Baltimore. How much and, and, the last two weeks take well, so I, it, much it, it of the wind to, out of that well, sale? To, to me, I don't believe in Gardner Minshew. Uh, to, to me, he's going to turn the ball over. I, I no longer believe in Gardner Minshew taking care of the ball. Now, do I think he can go out and throw for you know damn near three hundred yards and a couple touchdowns? And you know they 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 made his feet be part of the offense, which I think was a change. Maybe I don't know if it's just this week or it's kind of what the defense gave him, or it's like hey, if we're going to do some of this you know fake handoffs and everything else, we need you to be able to run a little bit to keep the defense honest. Anthony Richardson would have, but I don't trust him. Keep Keeping track, uh, taking care of the football anymore. I, That's just where I am. Ken, I, I I feel like, and he pointed out some of the individual things Colts fans should be happy with. And I think there's a lot. I mean, again, the offensive performance yesterday, I am stunned. I mean, what an effort by Shane Sykin in what he was able to dial up and the play calling that he had to get you to 450 yards and 38 points against that defense. I think at 3-4 and four right now, is that kind of in the general ballpark of where I thought they'd be at this point in the season? Yeah, it is. But undoubtedly, I feel like they've played better than I thought they would with that record. And I guess to Ken's point, the question now becomes, if you start to lose, Andy, maybe you aren't in the Marvin Harrison sweepstakes, because to your point, I don't see this team having a top three pick. But all of a sudden... They're going to win some games. Next three games, they could win two out of those. Easy. All of a sudden, do you get the second or third selection at the top wideout off the board? Do you get the second or third choice at a pass rusher off the board? You know, how does that kind right. of differ? And you can look at all different drafts. You're right. I mean, Justin Jefferson is easily the best wide receiver out of his draft, and he wasn't the first wideout taken in that draft. I mean, you can point to various drafts where I would rather be the one having the choice of it and not the one having the board kind of dictated to me, so that's where you do get to April in the draft, and obviously what happened yesterday stings far less, but right now in the immediate aftermath, as much as Ken might have a point there, I don't think anyone, anyone wants to hear it. Do you want Keon Coleman from Florida State? He's right very now, good at football. Right now, that's the second guy. Uh, Malik Neighbors, LSU, you like him? Kind of explosive guy, yeah, right? Yeah, so there you go. A couple other guys. The other wide receiver from Ohio State? He did not play, is that right? Uh, I uh, Listen, I, I don't know. I had the under in that game, one of the only bets I won. By the way, your Notre Dame Fighting Irish at Pitt this weekend. Nice bye. So, nice, for the bi- Irish. nice bye week for Pat Narduzzi. Oof, Pitt.
Uh, all right, coming up here on the other side, we'll continue to get your fan reactions. 317-239-1070. What did you think about the officiating there late in the game? How costly was that for the Colts? We'll hear your thoughts. Who is the GOAT? I told you all that I was the greatest of all time. Jordan, here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! That's what I'm talking about! That's why he's the MVP! That's why he's the GOAT! The GOAT! Or GOAT. <laughs> this guy sucks. Of the week. Goat or Goat of the Week? We'll get to it here. I don't know which one. We we never decide who's going to go first. I kind of want Mark to go first. Put him on the spot. He's back from vacation. Driving the kids, driving the wife around for an entire week. I want to hear what he has to say about the the Saturday and Sunday that we're in football. Let's go. my, My good... Tyson Bajan <laughs> stepping it up for an injured Justin Fields. How about that tattoo mark on his chest? I know. The oh, only incredible. Division II QB in the NFL. <laughs> he was really efficient in the Bears' 30-12 win over the Raiders. 21 of 29 for 162 yards. A touchdown in 24 yards rushing. He managed the game, KB. The offense flowed, and I'm sure everyone in Chicago <laughs> no will handle it perfectly normal. No one will overreact at all and have a debate of Bajan versus Fields. I had four men in two leagues. One of them stashed away in a 22-man league. How, he you, had himself a you, game. You bring him off the bench for three touchdowns kb that's what a good that's what a good, that's what a good coach does yeah thank yeah. well yeah patting yourself <laughs> on your back here as fantasy owner uh how do you not go to miles garrett it, it's it, it's kind of it, i guess colts fans i i'm sure it stings but you know in the last what month andy you've watched two hall of fame defensive linemen show why they are hall of fame defensive linemen in that building and you know yesterday was not just a normal miles garrett game that was one i mean cleveland media is literally asking him after the game is that the greatest game you've ever played and him saying they're saying like you know he didn't say no to it like i mean he knows how special of a performance that was he did it to bernard ryan yep he did it to blake freeland yep he did it to your special to a, teams unit to a tight end if you look, tree if you break it down he single-handedly led to yeah. 14 points. Obviously, he has a strip that gets recovered in the end zone. That's a touchdown. Then he had that first strip, and it was 14-7. They punched that in. So there's 14 points. And then if you look at the field goal, he took one away, and then you got a field goal off of that. Yeah. So 20 points directly his plays led to incredible performance. Uh, it was as good as uh, you can be. I guess my positive GOAT of the week, and I had- whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I hate saying this. Man, I, I, I think it's the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles looked a step above the Dolphins last night. Did they not? I mean, to me, the Eagles dominated that game. Uh, if it weren't for a pick six, and I think Jalen Hurts already eight interceptions, only had like, what, six last year. Uh, so there might be something going on with him. But, I mean, you're up seven and Sirianni's going for it. If you ever wonder why Steichen might get some things uh, and you say, why is he doing this or that? Well, you, you saw Sirianni go for the tush push twice in his own side of the field. What do they call him the, the brotherly shove? Is that the new thing? Thirty-one, <laughs> seventeen, the final. There, I got to go with the Eagles. I mean, uh, to me, they overtake. The Eagles might be the best team in the NFL right now. Mark Dykton, Ugh. your lowercase goats. The Buffalo Bills. Yes, I said it to start the show. They played down to their competition. They lost to an Aaron Rodgerless Jets squad. It's a great way to describe them. They got manhandled the majority of the day against the awful Patriots. Got Bill Belichick his three hundredth 
career win. And I'm really curious to see how they handle the Baker Mayfield-led Buccaneers on a short Thursday night game. Yeah, I'm going to go to a, a team you probably could throw in GOAT category every single week, but I'm going to go back to Indiana football. And, you know, oh, leave him alone. Katie. I talked about it earlier. Again, there is, you know, not a confirmed rumor, but maybe Tom Allen was the one initiating the McKenzie and Baco arrest to try and get all the headlines off of him over the weekend. Obviously, I'm joking about that comment. Uh, why can't you be Maryland and Rutgers? I mean, you're getting blown off the field by Maryland and Rutgers and on your home turf, homecoming, on Saturday. And the thing, too, and I don't know, maybe this is more just like an eyesore. Andy, when I was in college in Bloomington, the Indiana football program did not have a good four-year run. That was Bill Lynch to Kevin Wilson. Mm. I don't want to act like for one second they won a bunch of games. But they at least were entertaining. They at least scored points. They're now boring as hell. Like, they're bad and they're boring. When a team beats you by three scores in Rutgers and the quarterback throws for 39 (laughs) passing yards. That's unbelievable. That tells you everything you need to know. So... Um, I'm gonna go with the Indiana. I mean, Tom Allen just plays. Do we have the snapping audio, Mark? I don't know if we have that one. Since the Glee Club snaps outscored 127 to 38, and again that was over Akron. Who someone buddy mine texted me earlier saying Akron lost to Bowling Green. Oh man, this past weekend is that the Bowling Green that's in Kentucky, or is that a Bowling Green that's somewhere else? I think I don't. I don't know. I'm just asking. Corvette Museum have an appearance there. (laughs) Bowling Green, Omaha. Yeah. Uh, here's my goat. Okay, so I could go many ways. I thought about going North Carolina football. Caleb Williams was bad. Ron Rivera is one of the worst coaches in the NFL. You know where I'm going? To a guy that I like. Sean McVay. The uh, spiked hair wonder. The young man. He's getting ready to be a father. Okay, Sean McVay. Did you see what happened at the end of that game? He was out of timeouts, He's right? He's out of timeout. So it's right before the two-minute warning. And the 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 the, uh, the Steelers go for it on fourth down. And they don't get it. Like, it's clear that it's short. Yeah, awful but, spot. But it's not with inside two minutes, so it's not an automatic review, and he has already burned his three timeouts, so he just sat there while they're playing on the big screens, KB, over and over again, uh, who is uh, Kenny Pickett being short of the first down, and McVay, this is... Following it a little bit yesterday, this is something that's happened to him quite a bit. So Sean McVay, I love you, but to not have a time out there inside, you know, outside two minutes, you couldn't challenge. You lost the game because of it. Ugh, ugh. Now, can the booth not initiate a review there? I mean, isn't that part of why you have reviews in place? The booth sees a screw up by the officials on the field and they initiate it. I know that would have yeah. bailed Mc. It would have bailed him out. McVay out, but I'm like, isn't that why you have yeah. that? All right, 9 o'clock hour coming up. We'll continue to get your reaction on things and react to a absolutely excruciating loss by the Colts yesterday, 39-38.